All right, brothers, welcome back to another episode of Porn and the Gospel. I am your host, Spencer Sutton, and it's great to be here with you today. So we're about to get into this episode, and uh, I'm really excited about this one. I've been thinking about this one a lot, uh, but before I do, I, I want to remind you, if you are trying to find the uh, the free course, naturalpornkiller.com, I have redirected that URL, that website, to themanofvalor.com. And this is a uh, this is a, a page that will explain the group that we have that meets on Tuesdays. If you want to be a part of that, you can find a way to do it there. Uh, otherwise, I want to encourage you. I just started this yesterday. I want to encourage you to sign up for a newsletter that I am going to be starting this week, and it's going to be. I'm not, I haven't really figured out how often this newsletter is going to go out, but it's definitely going to go out several times a week. I would love to say on a daily basis, but I cannot commit to that yet. But this is going to be, this is a free newsletter. If you want encouragement from the gospel for every man who's struggling, if you want to uh, learn what it means to be, to live uh, a life that is honoring and pleasing to the Lord, then I want to encourage you to s sign up to this newsletter. Now, listen, when I'm writing this, as I'm writing these things, as I, even as I'm speaking on this podcast, I am also speaking to myself. I am also preaching the gospel to myself. And this is one of the ways that uh, the Lord in his grace has been so kind to me, is allowing me to help other people, because honestly, uh, I get so much encouragement out of it. And so if you want to, if you're looking for a way to uh, connect with me that is super easy and simple, uh, then sign up for this newsletter. Would love to uh, see you on there. Would love to, to be sending some information to you. Otherwise, you can also find out more about uh, our group uh, on that page and what all that entails. Uh, would love to have you there as well. This is more of a, this is, we have a connection every Tuesday night. We have a call, but then we also have an app where we message each other um, and have just open dialogue about our struggles, about faith, about uh, what it means to be a man in this modern world, really a man after God's own heart in this modern world, what it means to be a man of valor and leading our families leading in the workplace, uh, leading ourselves. And so if you want to be a part of that, it doesn't matter how old you are, then I want to encourage you to do that. Uh, we, you know, listen, none of us are perfect in there, but we are uh, striving and we are pressing on. We are fighting this fight together. So I want to encourage you, either one of those, you can do that. And the course, the free course, which is um, the Natural Porn Killer course, I am putting in, I'm re-recording it, updating it, and I'm putting it in that, uh, that group, um, that, uh, that I just mentioned. So you can find out more about it at the man of valor.com. All right, guys, let's get right into it. So I've been thinking a lot. So this year, 2024, I have, uh, started, uh, doing something, a, a journal, every day. And one of the things that uh, I needed to do this year 
that I thought would be uh, beneficial to me, to my family, to uh, brothers, and uh, you know that I'm that I'm walking uh, this path with is just being very, very, very intentional about what I'm praying about for them, for my family, for these men, uh, and for friends, for other friends that I have. What we're praying about, and so I started keeping a uh, essentially two to three page uh, journal entry and I refresh it every single week. So every single week I start a new entry and I do this on my iPad in a, uh, an app called good notes. And I refresh these pages. Uh, if, if there's something new, I need to be praying about whatever it is, I'll write it down in there. But this week, this week I was just, I just sat there and I was just thinking if I could pray anything for these men, these men that that I'm in connection with, that are part of this uh, this man of valor group, if I could pray anything for them, what would be the five most important prayers? My five most important prayers that I would desire to see the Lord answer in their life. What would they be? And so I just had a blank slate, had a blank uh, blank notebook, and this is what I wrote down. I want to share these five with you because I believe these five can be extremely powerful for you, like very powerful for you. And, um, and, and so as I'm praying these for myself, as I'm praying these for these brothers, I want to encourage you to take these for yourself and Search the scriptures to make sure they're biblical, and, and I'm going to give you the reasons here, but just like if you wanted to write these down, I would highly, highly, highly encourage it, and then and then dedicate yourself to praying these over and over and over and over. And so uh, just a quick, quick story. I had breakfast or really kind of brunch with my mom and my sister yesterday, and we were just sitting around uh, talking. And just sharing uh, just about what's been going on in, in our families and stuff. And my sister uh, made a comment about some things that have changed in her family and for the good, for the better. And uh, my mom was like, oh, what in the world? What What's going on over there? And my sister said, well, honestly, I've just been praying a lot. And And she wasn't bragging. She was just giving glory to the Lord by saying, it's not really me. It's, it's God that's working. And so I believe, I believe, I believe, I trust that there's power in God's word and through the prayers of his saints. So here we go. Number one, this is the first prayer I would pray for you. And, um, so here we go. Number one is that your love for God would grow more and more. That's it's very, very simple. That your love, that your love, your adoration, your uh, heart would explode every time you think about how great and good and loving our God is. And that would cause you to grow in your love for him. And so I'm taking this from a prayer that Paul prayed. Now, he was praying specifically for the church, and more than likely, he was praying specifically for their love for each other, which is great. But but this is the thing. As we grow in love for God, it's impossible to do this genuinely, to grow in our love for the Lord and not grow in love for others. 
And so essentially Paul is saying, as you know God more, your love for each other is going to increase more and more because you're just humbled at how good he's been to you. And you want to, you desire to have the same characteristic in yourself, right? That though you and I were sinners, though we were rebels and, and, and really running away from God, he found us. He saved us, not because of anything we did, but because of his great grace. And so this is my prayer. And I pulled it from Philippians 1, 9 through 11. This is what it says. It says, Paul saying to the church, and it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Now, this is a prayer that you can repeat over and over. Lord, I pray that you would cause my love for you to abound more and more with knowledge and discernment. Do you understand this? Like knowledge, like understanding what God is saying and then discernment because the more God fills you with himself and fills you with the spirit, the more discernment you have about your life. And you and I need discernment because we have the flesh telling us one thing. We have the world telling us one thing, and we have our enemy, Satan, telling us one thing. And most of the time, they are lies, lies, lies. And so you and I desperately need discernment. So we can approve what's excellent. Like, what is excellence? And and later on in Philippians, he's going to give you just this mind-blowing. I think in Philippians 4, 8, he just says, whatever is pure and excellent and good and trustworthy. And, you know, think about these things. Like, think, think, think about these things. So God will absolutely expand our thoughts um, and our minds to to discern what is right and then to behold it and to uh, enjoy it. Enjoy the things that are good. And so he wants us ultimately, the prayer is to be filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So this is very much like uh, another prayer that he prayed for the church in uh, Thessalonica. In ver chapter 3, verse 11 of First Thessalonians, Paul says, Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way to you, and may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all as we do for you so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before the God, before our God and father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. And so here you have this, again, this thought of Paul's desiring to see these people, their love abound more and more for each other and for everyone. And so I'm praying that your love would abound more and more for God. And so in doing that, you will have more and more love for each other. And here again, Paul prays something very similar in Ephesians chapter three. He says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with 
all the fullness of God. So he wants this church in Ephesus to know the love of Christ. And as we know the love of Christ, we are, he says, I want Christ to dwell in your heart so that you're rooted and grounded in love, like rooted and grounded in love. So if you find yourself, if you find yourself being bitter, if you find yourself complaining and becoming a victim all the time, if you find yourself being prideful, comparing your sins with somebody else saying, well, at least I'm not as bad as so-and-so. If you find yourself this way, then this prayer, this prayer will help, will help, I believe. And so this is what Spurgeon says about being rooted and grounded in love. He says, two expressions are used, rooted like a living tree, which lays hold upon the soil, twists itself around the rocks and cannot be uprooted. And grounded like a building which has been settled as a whole and will never show any cracks or flaws in the future through failures in the foundation. That is what rooted and grounded means. Like a, like roots, like twisting around rocks deep beneath the soil and like a foundation that will never, ever crack. Like This is what we need. We need to be rooted and grounded in love to know the love of Christ. And filled with all the fullness of God. So this would be my prayer for you, brothers. So this is the first prayer. However, I recognize for this to happen, we're going to need an answer to the second prayer. And so this would be my second prayer. And this is my second prayer for the guys that we meet on Tuesdays. This is my prayer for them as we meet together and as we share and as we communicate throughout the week together, and that is that they would learn the joy of the disciplines or the common means of grace that God's given us for finding our joy in him. That's reading, studying, meditating, memorizing, praying through God's word. It's prayer, it's worship, it's communion, it's confession of sin, all of the common means of grace, which God's given us. But I, my prayer is that men would love these disciplines, like fall in love with them, become addicted to them. This is the way that we grow in our faith and our love for God and our love for each other is through the word of God. And so faith in Christ is not a one-time thing, but what we must pursue our entire earthly journey. And I would say this, that my struggle, my struggle with sin is largely a lack of faith in the great promises of God. So it reasons that if I need more faith, I must go to the source, which is God's word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, this faith is what justifies you, right? Justification. But this faith is also what sanctifies you. So it's a continuing on in faith. When I was saved on November 20th, 2000, it was just the very beginning. I was justified by faith in Jesus Christ and his sacrifice on the cross. But 
every day since has been a journey of sanctification. And you know what? Do you want to know the years that I struggled? Do you want to know why I struggled so much with my sexual sin? Part of the reason I struggled so much with sexual sin is because I wasn't pursuing Christ through these disciplines. I mean, the truth is, guys, we love, we love, we love to be our own saviors. We love to be our own saviors. And so even when we come to faith in Christ, we will struggle for some time trying to do good, trying to be good. And we can't, we have to trust in him. We have to keep going back to the gospel over and over. We have to keep going back to the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It sounds so elementary, but we need it. We need it. And the great thing is, as we grow in this, as we grow in our faith, the Lord takes us out of the nursery of our churches. He takes us out of the nurseries of our churches, and he puts us to work within our churches, serving, discipling, loving other people as they are also on their own journey. That's why we should never despise someone or judge somebody for their lack of knowledge, but we should encourage them, point them to the way. So this is what scripture says, Hebrews 2.1, therefore we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard lest we drift away from it. So the Hebrew writer here is saying, hey, this gospel, he just talked about Jesus Christ in chapter one, this gospel of Jesus Christ, the supremacy of Christ, like you've got to pay attention to this your entire life. Your life is on this journey and drift away is a nautical term. So it's so just imagine a boat being safe in the harbor. Well, you and I are in danger of being sucked out into the current of the world and drown if we are not paying very close attention to what we have heard. He goes on in chapter 3, verse 12. Take care, brothers, lest there be any, in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. So he's pointing them back to uh, the children of Israel in the wilderness when they rebelled against God. Verse 13, but exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Well, brothers, there's one thing that sexual sin will do to us, and that is harden our hearts. Harden our hearts, especially if we're not humbly confessing our sin to someone else, because we hate humility. Our flesh hates humility. It hates to say, I am powerless. I have done wrong. And I, I keep coming back to this, like to this disgusting sin, like a dog returns to his vomit. I'm helpless. Lord, I need you. I need to confess to my brothers in Christ. And so he's saying, Hey, there's a remedy to falling away. And it's taking care, like paying attention to the gospel and then, and then being exhorted by other brothers or exhorting one another every day. Like we need to exhort each other every single day. I have a friend and one of his big struggles, and he, he struggled with sexual sin for a long, long time. One of his big struggles is isolation. When he feels shame, he isolates and hides. And guys, this is not uncommon. This is very, very common. When we feel ashamed, instead of running to Christ and running to the cross, we hide and isolate until, until we start to feel better about ourselves. 
And so falling in love, how does this relate to falling in love with the disciplines? Well, we need the word of God because the word of God is living and active sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joint and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from the sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. So we need the word because it's living. It's living. So for my daily situation, for my situ- any temptation that I'm going to run into today, this Sunday, it's living. It will speak to me. It is active. It does not just lie dormant and dead. It is active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It sword. It pierce. It's piercing the division of soul and spirit. It's discerning my thoughts and the intentions of my heart. This is a beautiful yet terrifying thing about the Word of God. It's beautiful and terrifying. It's terrifying because there is no secret, brothers. There is no secret. There is no secret sin. It's terrifying, but yet it's glorious because he knows me fully. And yet if I'm a believer, he accepts me fully. When he sees me, he sees the blood of Christ. And that should cause us to fall on our face and say, I want to know more about you, God. And the way we know more about God is through his word. Martin Luther said, let the man who would hear God speak, read Holy Scripture. So if you want to hear God speak, read his word. Thomas Watson, who was a Puritan from a long, long time ago, said, by reading other books, the heart may be warmed, but by reading this book, it is transformed. Just like Paul wrote to Timothy, the purpose of God's word is In 2 Timothy, he said, to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. To make you wise, brother, wise, wise. We need God's wisdom. We need his word to show us the height and the depth, the breadth of God's love for us so that we would be overcome with awe and worship him. This leads me to the third prayer. My prayer, and this is most definitely for me and for these brothers, my prayer is that we would use our time wisely and not waste it on social media, on TV, on politics, on gaming, or any unwise pursuit of worldly endeavors. Now, because you and I have free will, we are able to pick and choose what we want to do in life. Because you and I, God doesn't force us into the sanctification process. Now he leads us and he guides us and he disciplines us for our good. But you and I have the opportunity to choose what we do with our time. And so, I mean, listen, this is, this is tough. And, and I'm not saying that I don't spend time on social media because I do, or I don't spend time watching TV. I just watched uh, Auburn. I just watched Auburn play basketball last night with my wife. Doesn't mean that I'm not maybe interested in politics, 
or that I don't work all day because I do. I work, goodness gracious, more than eight hours a day. I do have to work. But you and I have time. Now, this looks different for different people, right? If you're single, I just had a young man write me who's 19 years old yesterday. Now, at 19 years old, uh, my son's 22, senior in college. And uh, for this 19-year-old, my son, 22-year-old, they have different allotments of time. They have different schedules and time versus a man who has a wife and four kids. I have friends that have five kids, six kids. Do you know what their life is like? But they still have time. Versus me, as I have a son that's about to graduate college, I have a daughter who's about to graduate high school. I have, I'm not going to ball games all the time. I'm not, those things are not a part of my daily life like they used to be five, six, seven years ago. So what am I doing with my time? Brother, what are you doing with your time? This is what Paul says. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Now, guys, do you know where you understand the will of the Lord? You understand it back in the word. So going back to prayer number two. And he says, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. So he's contrasting being drunk with wine and being filled with the Spirit. And I read something John Piper wrote one time. He said the way um, that people get drunk with wine, especially in this day, was to drink a lot of it. The way that we are filled with the Spirit is to drink a lot of the of the Word of God. Like drink and pray, drink and pray, drink and pray is what he says. He says we should be addressing one another. They, uh, Paul says we should be addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So look carefully how you walk, making the best use of your time. He says to the church here in Colossians, walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Now, brothers, there is something that I want to point out about Paul and the use of his time that is very important for the two for, for all of us to understand, the two of us. Like I'm just talking to one person here. I'm talking to, to many, many men on this podcast. I want you to understand this. Paul was a man on a mission. He had a vision for his life. He knew what he was to be doing. And therefore, he wasn't wondering and thinking, well, what is God's will for my life? He found it in God's word, and he was just faithful to that. Not only did he find it in God's word, but he was also told what he was to be doing by Jesus Christ himself. That's why he was also an apostle. So the prayer of Moses, Psalm 90, says, teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. We we become very, very sober about life when we think about how short our, our days are. When we think about death just being around the corner. Now, if you're 19 or 20 or 21, you likely are not thinking about that very much. 
But I would tell you there's great wisdom in thinking about that on a very regular basis. John Piper would say uh, that every year at the end, like December 31st, that is a great time to do it. Uh, I want to say that Jonathan Edwards thought that birthdays and New Year's was always a great, great time to be pondering life and death, like your death, and be thinking, what am I doing with my life? All right, so moving on now to my fourth prayer for these brothers is this. I pray that would that confession of sin would be a daily practice. First John 1, verse 5. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Guys, Christ-exalting confession is rooted in the truth. And this is one of the biggest things that men struggle with is just the truth. The truth of our current circumstances, the truth of our sinfulness. Do you, I, I want you to understand, do you realize that you... As a believer in Christ, if you if you have put your faith in Christ, there is nothing that you can confess to God that will ever change your standing with him. Like I had this question actually this morning from one of our brothers in the group who who messaged me privately and was just asking about assurance of salvation and, and all of these things. And Hey, what if you find yourself not praying anymore? Does that mean you're not a believer in all these things? So we were just having this dialogue about this and, and how important it is for people to, um, be sure about their salvation. Number one. And then number two, feed themselves so that they would, believe the promises of God. And when we believe the promises of God, we see how great our God is and how merciful and gracious he is. Confession, we will come and confess because we know he knows our sins anyway. His desire is for us to confess them. Listen to David. David says, blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. I acknowledged my sin to you. I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Now, brothers, should you and I expect any strength in our spiritual life without confession of sin? Absolutely not. So I'm going to take you back 10 years ago, and this is a 
I don't know if I've ever shared this before, but uh, when Allison confronted me, when my wife confronted me about my uh, sin with this this person uh, back in 2013, what she suspect, suspected was an affair, which I lied about and said, no, it wasn't. No, we've, you know, no, 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 no. I convinced Allison uh, for a period of, of days that, uh, that that wasn't true. And I took some days off from work just to hang out with her and made her feel good about uh, our relationship. It was a third day that, that, you know, that I had spent with her and uh, I, I can't remember exactly what we did that day, but that night she had a concert to go to with my sister. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name. He was a country, country singer here and he came to Birmingham, Alabama and Keith Urban, that's who it was, Keith Urban. <clears throat> so she was going to Keith Urban. I was just going to be home by myself. And um, so that night she left. She was probably gone a good three hours. I can promise you, I was in agony. I was in turmoil. I believe, I believe that up until that point, I had kept myself busy enough not to truly sit alone with God and consider my choices and my sin. Instead, I kind of pushed it off and busied myself with other things, whether it be conversation or us going places or whatever. I mean, we had young kids at the time, so hanging out with the kids, doing sports stuff, whatever. But I was all alone. And I can promise you it was miserable. So I know what David says here when he says, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long for day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. As a matter of fact, I, I, I wasn't thinking back to the scripture, but I described it to somebody that it was as if God had placed his thumb on my chest and was pressing down. That was the night I made the decision. I've just got to come clean. I've just got to confess. That was a Friday night. And uh, so the next day, the next night actually is when I uh, confessed to Allison. Proverbs 28, 13 says, whoever conceals his transgression, transgressions will not prosper. But he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. So, brother, that's another prayer of mine, is that confession would be your daily practice. And that leads me to the very last of these prayers. And that is my prayer and my prayer for the, the guys um, that I meet with every Tuesday is that they would lean on brothers who care about them and love them. Lean on them. Reach out to them. So not only do we need to confess before the Lord and confess to God, but we also need to be transparent and living a life of transparency with other brothers, knowing that no one is perfect. Galatians 6, 1 and 2 is a passage that I've just come to love over the past several years. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Now, what this means here is not if 
anyone is caught in any transgression. That's not the original meaning of the Greek. It's really caught up in transgression. So more of a habitual sin. Brothers, if anyone is caught up in any transgression, you who are spiritual, or another way to say this is you who are filled with the Spirit, should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Now, filled with the Spirit. This does not mean that, hey, it's the pastor's job or the elder's job or the deacon's job or some person who you think is super spiritual at your church, the missionary's job, whatever. You who are filled with the Spirit, brothers, we should be filled with the Spirit. Remember, don't get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. As the Lord gives us wisdom and discernment, he will also allow us to bear the burdens of others. This is a beautiful thing because let's keep going. Paul does have a warning. He says, but keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Well, what is the law of Christ? That you love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and that you love your neighbor as yourself. So if you and I want to fulfill the law of Christ, we must bear one another's burdens. And so my prayer is that brothers, you would lean on others who care about you. This is what Tim Keller says. He says, you cannot help with a burden unless you come very close to the burdened person, standing virtually in their shoes and putting your own strength under the burden so its weight is distributed on both of you, lightening the load of the other. So in the same way, a Christian must listen and understand and physically, emotionally, spiritually take up some of the burden with the other person. Now, brothers, the beautiful thing about this is that as you lean on other brothers, as you rely on other brothers, as your burden is lifted, and as you grow in your faith and grow in your capacity and grow in your holiness, the Lord will allow you to come alongside other brothers. He will bring brothers to you that you can strengthen, that you can encourage. One of my chief aims and desires in having a group that I meet with, and then even having this newsletter, is that I may encourage other brothers to also take up this fight in whatever way the Lord leads them to do that. That's ultimately what I want to see. Like This problem is so big in our churches. We need gospel-centered men sharing the good news of the gospel for men who are struggling with pornography. We need, we need, we need, we need this. So one of the motives of our freedom from porn should be to help others who are also caught up in sin and wandering from the truth. James says this, my brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. So, brothers, think about this, these prayers. I just want to quickly go back. That your love for God would abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment. And understanding that this love 
for God and love for others grows as we learn the joy of the disciplines, reading and studying, meditating, memorizing, praying through God's word and praying to the Lord. And to do this, to do this goes into the third prayer, which we must use our time wisely and not waste it, waste this precious, like we are stewards of the time we have on earth and we are going to be held accountable for how we spend our time. Held accountable. So that's the, that the Lord would allow us to use our time wisely. And then four, that confession would be a daily practice. And then lastly, that we would lean on brothers who care about us, that they love us enough to tell us the truth and love us enough to bear burdens and point us to Christ over and over and over and over and over again. So these are my prayers. And I believe if you take these and you make them your prayer, the Lord, the Lord, and use these scriptures, the Lord will give you wisdom, give you insight, convict you of sin, give you grace and mercy, like all of this, like at the end of the day, ultimately what we want to do is we want to grow in our knowledge of this glorious and great God we serve. As we grow in this, we grow our love for him. We grow our love for others. We grow our hate for sin. And so, Lord, I'm praying this for these brothers who are listening to this, God. I just pray that you would fill us with all the fullness of God, as we grow in our faith and our love for you, for each other, and our confession of sin, as we lean into the word of God that you have given us, Father, as we use our time wisely, as we confess our sins one to another, and as we also, Father, as we also join in with other brothers to be encouraged and to encourage God. Give us a mind, give us the mind of Paul, just a mission mind, a mind on a mission that does not just take in your grace and sit back and just be a taker, a taker, a taker, but God, that we also would be not just receivers, but givers of your great mercy and grace. As you have given to us, let us give also to others. And so, Lord, I just pray this for these guys who are listening to this. In the name of Christ, amen. All right, brothers, that is it for this time together. I'll be back with another episode of Porn of the Gospel.